Welcome to Kind World from WBUR. I'm Erica Lance. Rachel Cerati grew up in Boston, and she remembers the day she started to feel like an adult. She was a college student and visiting her grandmother, Hannah Dubova, outside of Philadelphia. She had this box of wine, and it was like only slightly expired red wine, so we each poured like a cup, and, and we went to sit on her porch, and it overlooks this parking lot. They were there for a reason. Rachel wanted to hear her grandmother's story. She knew parts already. Her grandmother was a Jewish Holocaust survivor from Czechoslovakia. My grandmother had so much to say, and I don't think that many people asked her questions. So Rachel started asking. And over the next year, the two of them sat down for oral histories. Hannah's health deteriorated that year. At the end of it, at age 85, she died. She left behind a mass of diaries, letters, and photographs. And Rachel became obsessed with digging deeper into her grandmother's past. She decided to spend the coming years retracing her grandmother's footsteps. Hannah was born in 1925 in Czechoslovakia. Hannah's father owned a shop on Prague's main square when Hitler came to power. They thought that it could never happen here, that anti-Semitism was just a rumor. By the time they realized it could happen here, it was too late. Hannah's family applied to come to the U.S., but... Nobody wanted these refugees, soon-to-be refugees. Then came a sliver of hope. The Danish government agreed to take in a set number of Czech Jewish children between the ages of 14 and 16 and put them on foster farms in Denmark, and Hannah was chosen. Soon, 14-year-old Hannah was at a train station, saying goodbye to her family. She thought the war would be over soon. But in a few years, her parents and her little brother would be murdered in an extermination camp. When Hannah arrived in Denmark, the Danish program placed her on three foster farms that hosted her for six months each. She went from being a child to being a servant overnight. For the first two farms that Hannah was on, so her first year in Denmark, she was with families that she didn't feel like treated her very well. She wasn't allowed to eat with the family. She had to live upstairs in the attic that was unheated. She wrote about her sheets freezing in the night. But everything changed when Hannah moved in with a young couple and their newborn. This third foster family, they treated her like family. For the first time in ages, she found herself skipping around, singing. In her letters, she talks about all of a sudden feeling at home. And she hadn't said that in years. So, decades later, Rachel tracked down that family. And she asked to live on the farm of their descendants, just as her grandmother had. The farm belonged to Sine Christensen and her husband. Sine's grandmother had hosted Rachel's grandmother, 74 years before. We all knew the story, but it, it became different when I met Rachel. That's Sine. Her grandmother had often wondered what had happened to that refugee from Czechoslovakia. And I come into their house and, you know, just casually they put, you know, a pot of coffee on the table and we just sit and chat. We talked about our grandmoms and we started to feel a little connected or in family or something because of their connection. I think they had a special bond. Rachel moved in and helped Sine with farm work, just as their grandmothers had done. They laughed, they cooked, they even sang together. And gradually, Rachel felt like one of them. 
you know, I'm reading words that my grandmother wrote about this family from 1941. And it's like I could take those words and put them into my diary today about their descendants. Rachel's grandmother, Hannah, was able to safely stay in Denmark until she was 17, when a stranger appeared. This guy showed up on a bike who she did not know. He was part of the Danish underground. They'd heard that Nazis were about to round up Jews in the area. And he says she needs to come with me and pretty much gave her five minutes to pack up what she could, which was essentially a toothbrush, and followed him on her bike. He hid her in a church attic for three days. And then, one night, a fisherman smuggled Hannah and more than a dozen other refugees to Sweden by hiding them under piles of herring in his boat. We hear about all this, like, horrific details over and over again, but there are these, like, stories that compete with that where it's like, yeah, but look what you can do that can save people. I mean, it's a really different story than friends of mine whose grandparents were in concentration camps. Like, Hannah was never in a camp because people kept her safe, because people, you know, honored her life as a human. For Rachel, history keeps circling back to the present. In 2016, as part of her research, she visited the place where the fisherman's boat landed in Sweden. She found a surreal scene. There's young refugees, unaccompanied refugees, living in the same building again that Hannah spent her first night as a refugee in Sweden. Same age, without parents. One day, those kids who are finding refuge in Sweden are going to be grandparents. Either we give them a narrative to tell their grandchildren about how people were wonderful and helped us and treated us with respect and kindness, or we can hand them a narrative about hate and fear. For her part, Rachel's still close with the people who helped her grandmother. In 2016, when she got married, she celebrated the wedding at Sine's farm, with the descendants of the people who gave Hannah a home. By then, they all felt like family. The wedding day itself was incredibly still air. It was just so beautiful. I remember Sine turning to me and saying, you know, I think our grandmothers are smiling down at us. That's just, that's just like what it feels like. The beauty that's come out of such tragedy has become perhaps the most important part of my grandmother's story. Rachel has spent her entire adult life in her grandmother's past. And the deeper she goes, the more she finds hope for the future. One month after that wedding celebration in Denmark, something would happen that would change everything for Rachel. We'll tell that story in the next episode of Kind World. You can find all our episodes at wbur.org slash kindworld, on Twitter or Facebook at WBUR Kind World, or in your podcast feed. Thanks for listening.